This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Fit Method podcast. So today we are talking all things body image. I have the incredible Ash White joining me. She is an artist from Melbourne and we have a really open and candid conversation about our journeys towards accepting our bodies and how we got to where we are today. So let's get stuck into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. Today's episode, I have the gorgeous Ash White on with me. Hi, Ash. Hi, Natasha. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our chat. My absolute pleasure. We met, me and Ash met on Clubhouse, which is like, do you reckon it's like a social media platform? I suppose so. I think so, yeah. I guess the media is us, our voices, though, as opposed to created visual content. Yeah, it's like, for anyone that doesn't know, it's kind of similar to a podcast, but it's like live. So you're in, they're called rooms and they're on certain subjects. And so you can invite as many people as you like in there or people come in and they'll just chat about a particular subject. It's actually so addictive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've met so many amazing people on there. So Ash, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a Melbourne artist. I am also a mother. So I spend my days running my child around. She is six years old and has just started primary school last year in the middle of the pandemic. So that was really interesting. I grew my business during the pandemic as well. So we've got a lot going on. I sell my art mostly as greeting cards and I have an interesting background. I've tried lots of different jobs and I feel like I've learned a lot from different areas that I've worked in and the people that I've met and the journey that I've been on in my life. So I'm in my almost mid-30s now and yeah, life's really, really fun and really interesting. Do you find now that you're your own boss that you could ever go back to working for someone else? (laughs) I would, to be honest, probably have struggled working for other people at, even before I was my own <laughs> boss because of that entrepreneurial streak. That is so true. That's, I think that's the biggest sign of someone who's an entrepreneur. They just can't work for someone else. And you can try as much as you possibly can, but it doesn't really work out too well. I'm the same. Um, that's yeah. awesome. You are so yeah. talented. Like your art is just oh, so gorgeous. I'm jealous. I wish... I mean, I feel like I did a few, like during high school, like in art class, we did like, you know, we do paintings and drawings and I actually wasn't too bad, but I never pursued it. But I don't like, I don't feel like I'm super talented at all, like drawing wise, but I really wish I was. I think everyone has it in them. I think it just takes that practice and that skill and that desire to create beauty in that way. Honestly, I think everyone has it in them. Well, that's what we'll believe anyway. Art <laughs> <laughs> <That> is subjective. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. So we today's podcast, we want to talk all about body image. So 
Ash and I are going to chat about our personal experiences growing up and then just like have a bit of a chat around social pressures now, how it is navigating, sort of coming to peace with your body in today's society. And then like some tips that have really helped us that we think might help you guys. But to kick things off, Ash, I wanted to get your yay and nay for the week. So your yay being what worked really well, what you enjoyed, or like a recommendation, and then your nay being something that didn't work well this week and that something that hasn't gone to plan. Okay. This week, my yay would be that I made a master stock of bone broth and it was the first of the season, which I always get really excited about. So in Melbourne, the weather's just gotten cooler. And so I got all the spices and the herbs and the, you know, it feels like a special concoction and it reminds me of autumn and the change of season and just taking care of my body in a different way and a slowing down of the pace. So that was something that I really enjoyed doing and I cooked it for about 24 hours. So that was a yay because it really inspired to go back to the slow cooking Mm. uh, methods that I like to do a lot of over winter and during summer I haven't really been enjoying cooking as much so that was a real yes stimulus to keep back go back to that meditative cooking that I love to do autumn loved it as well my daughter so good it was a win yeah (laughs) she doesn't like soup yeah she doesn't usually (laughs) eat soup so I must have done well this time I put smoked ham bone in it so yum. that was yummy bacony flavor yum if the kids approve of it it's a big tick with my nay I would just say that I kind of had planned to keep a routine like I've been journaling in the mornings and I wanted to walk every day but I've like fallen off the bandwagon a little bit with my I've been busy with my, my business and influx of orders for Mother's Day have come in through so that would be my nay just be a little bit of a got to get back on the horse and just like realign my routine okay cool so my yay for the week I am so happy that flares are back (laughs) I bought my first pair for the season I'm so excited I love flares yeah I put a poll up on my Instagram and I was like who's happy that flares are back and I'm I'm very surprised it's like 50 50 I don't see the downside of flares I wonder because yeah, I, I wonder more what flattering. Is. Yes, there's so much more flattering than a straight leg. I hate straight leg jeans and pants. I'm so happy they're going out because it kind of balances out your body a bit more. Would you agree? I mean, yeah, I just like the look of it. Yeah, that's the kids, definitely. Yes, mm. so I'm super happy. That's my yay. And then my nay for the week. Oh, I'm refinancing my mortgage. And it's just like doing my head in. It's just a nightmare. Like changing banks, especially like remortgaging, is just, oh, just a drag. Like the amount of stuff and like paperwork you've got to get through to them. And then they weren't accepting a pay slip because it didn't have like something specifically written on it. So you need to get like a proper letter from your employer. It's driving me mad. So that is my nay for the week. But I'm hoping that gets sorted over the next couple of weeks. I don't need to worry about it again. Other than that, life's pretty good. All right. So should we get stuck into it? I thought we could share a little bit about kind of upbringing to a degree or like what made us first sort of become more aware of our body and that it wasn't quote unquote good enough. I can kickstart because for me, I have a really 
clear timeline of that. So I was like my upbringing with my mum, she was incredible. (laughs) She was almost like praised me too much. (laughs) I didn't have a worry in the world. Like my mum complimented me like on my physical appearance constantly, but also just everything about me. Like I was super smart. I could do what I wanted. And she'd like be like, you're just so beautiful. You're actually the most beautiful girl. But, and I was just, I just believed it like innocently, just like, oh yeah, I guess I am. Like I am just, I'm the best. And I don't mean that in a really cocky up myself way. I just felt really reassured. Like I just felt confident in who I was, but I guess I did sort of think that what she was saying was correct. And I think for her, that came from the fact that she, like my mum's Greek and I don't know if this has got anything to do with it, but like the older culture never really told their kids, they didn't compliment them much because my yeah, who's my mum's mum, thought that if she would tell my mum that she was beautiful, that my mum would get a big head. So she never told her anything like that. And that like obviously really affected my mum. So she was pretty adamant that she didn't want that from me, but probably went, <laughs> you know, the complete opposite. But, you know, like I don't see that as a negative because I, I grew up feeling like really good about myself and it was so funny. It must have been like I felt like this for my whole primary school up until I reckon I hit grade seven and when it happened was I went to a private school and we all had to wear like the same uniform and we'd have a casual day and like I I mean, my mum would always tell me, like, I just looked amazing and I was feeling myself in my outfit that I was going to wear. And I thought, yeah, I look really good. Got to school and there was this other girl and she looked like she looked really good. She, like, her outfit was, like, really trendy and she looked really nice. She had her hair a different way. And I remember just, like, stopping and it's like it hit me. I was like, wow, there are other people that are attractive. And in that moment, I didn't feel... <laughs> <laughs> my gosh it makes me sound, like, <laughs> sound so like in love with myself but I really wasn't it was almost like I was oblivious to everyone else I just really thought I was the absolute she's and I remember looking at her just being like didn't feel an ounce of jealousy but it was like wow like there's other people that look good and they're going to get attention from other people like I saw that other girls were complimenting her on her outfit and I was like oh I guess the world doesn't revolve around me <laughs> and although like I didn't feel threatened at that point I think that's when I became kind of aware of others and then that's when the comparing sort of started and then it obviously escalated from there like I'm first to say that I've got like thin privilege so I've never been um, a bigger person and so I've never had to deal with that side of things, but I remember feeling very self-conscious, like sort of year eight, year nine, that like we'd have like swimming carnival and wear board shorts and my legs didn't look like any of the other girls' legs. Like I was really skinny and I was always like as a kid, really skinny and underweight, but healthy. I just was very active. And I remember feeling like so embarrassed that I had these like stick legs and just like really wanting to hide. What about you? I remember what comes to mind is I remember talking to my friend's older sister and she said that she shaved her legs and I probably was around nine or so. 
and I was like why would you do that like and she goes oh don't worry when you're older you'll understand and you'll want to do things like that too and I just thought what are you talking about and it really just didn't matter to me at that at that point and I remember thinking like she was crazy and then it I don't remember the exact time but it was similar that it's just switched and all of a sudden I felt more aware self-aware of my body and how I looked and I looked around at what other people were doing and um, felt really self-conscious so I would say year seven was definitely pivotal for me and I had been living quite a sheltered life before that in some ways and so I definitely felt that comparison and I think that wanting to be desirable and just that femininity attached to desirability was really big for me and also someone that really values beauty I think I just really admire other beautiful women or just beauty anywhere in the world and I think that these things all came together and were quite overwhelming and then of course boys and hormones and wanting to feel attractive or why you know for me there was a lot of questions and analysis on like what is going on and why is that person attractive and I think a lot of feedback from years yeah really shaped my awareness and brought things to my attention that I wouldn't have probably known before and it was just this big world of trying to understand what was beautiful what was going to, what was going to make me beautiful and that's how I perceived my body and so I was quite sporty we played basketball my family really competitively for years and so I was naturally very fit and quite naturally lean as well but I think I still compared myself with like a more voluptuous shape and I always wanted yeah things that I didn't have which I think comes back to kind of perfectionism and comparison which I think a lot of uh, women really struggle with and so that would be my entry level into the awareness and the self-awareness like as you as you said yeah I think it's like similar it's like those influences as you get older you start especially in high school you start to really care about your peers and what your peers think is cool because you just desperately want to fit in and I think for women in particular and girls like our appearance there is just so much importance placed on it it's almost the most important thing and it is I mean like even to this day women if you are attractive you are definitely seen as of more value than someone that's not attractive It also goes for age as well, you know, like as you get older and you're less hot, really, you're not as desirable and so your value diminishes. And when you're young, you just desperately want to fit in and be valued and liked. And so a really easy way to get that is to get attention in particular from boys and probably in the same instance get girls wanting to look like you and be like you there's a status that comes along with that yeah they're I mean they're the messages that are fed to us it's so hard like how do you especially at that young age when you don't even know who you are you've got absolutely no confidence in yourself how do you fight up against you know what you're being fed it's almost impossible I agree I think that this social currency of beauty and like attractiveness is what you default to when you're a teenager because you don't really know who you are your identity isn't formed you don't have wisdom you don't have experience and then you've got all these crazy hormones and you've got peer pressure and that that female sort of hierarchy 
and all the complexities that come with that. And I just know that I remembered thinking it was like an easy way to be liked and to be accepted. And yeah, so that's definitely something that set me on a path of trying to fit into a mold that I perceived as what I should be to be beautiful. And I think like now I value wisdom and kindness and confidence and being as cliche as it sounds like beautiful on the inside really I think reflects on the outside because you know I've met too many people that are really stunning but they don't have an awesome personality and it really changes how you can see someone so it I think those but they're lessons that it takes time to learn those and you don't you don't really care about that when you're a teenager. Nah and I think that as well comes from being like thinking that your value comes from other things than your appearance so like when I think back to when I was younger and we say like high school but this continued on into my early 20s for sure and I think it is still a journey I think we're consistently improving um, and it's still something you kind of have to fight at any at every point because those messages are always being sent to us and so you need to actively fight them off but like when you're I remember th- like when I was in high school like everything I put everything on like my whole value on what I looked like and my appearance because I felt like that was the best thing about me or could be the best thing about me I don't mean that in a way that I thought that I was incredibly good looking but what I believed was that the way that people would like me the way that I would like how well I would be treated and like really what what others thought about me a lot of it was about how I was perceived would only come from if people thought that I was hot and I looked good and I thought if I didn't if people don't think I look hot then they're not gonna like me because there's nothing good about me which is so sad but I didn't really think much of myself or didn't think I had anything to offer outside of that and as I got older obviously you start to learn about yourself and you realize that you're so much more than your exterior and what you look like and you build confidence in who you are as a person and it becomes you know your life becomes more about what you give as opposed to what you're going to get from others and your status in society but yeah like I think that was the biggest game changer for me was realizing like where does my value lie but that only comes through experience and just getting older and maturity I definitely, yeah, feel like, yeah, those lies were kind of fed through so many things that happened as well. So there was a battle across years, like you're saying, into early 20s. And it wasn't until I became a mum that I really stopped to think, okay, what the body is more than this exterior and this, this thing that is or isn't attractive or likeable, desirable, according to, you know, my subjective opinion. And, but when I think back on, comments and relationships and the way that the things that were said to me like I definitely see why I was so misled so not just media but men saying that I should look a certain way for them and asking me to and then being disappointed if I didn't and hearing them talk about other women and I'm not having a go at all men by any means but there was just as already someone that was struggling a little bit with you know feeling secure in like who I am outside of just an appearance or that my likability was attached to how I looked it was hard to hear those things and so I think it probably formulated it added to that 
kind of reinforced it. Yeah, and I just assumed that everyone thought that. Um, and I'm, I was a model for a few years as well. And so that was really interesting. That actually did a lot of good as well because I got to see lots of bodies naked and they had lots of cellulite and things like that everywhere. And I realised, you know what? Cellulite? Yeah, well, what? Yes. What? <laughs> Models for cellulite? Hold on. So it was like good to kind of, there was this battle going on between the truth and the lies. And it was, I was seeing that some of the truths come through and be like, wow, people just have real bodies and you can still be successful. And, you know, obviously they can be retouched and what have you. And there's a whole thing around that now. But back then it was probably 12 years ago now. It was really enlightening and it was enlightening and quite empowering to kind of just own it and I was terrified actually when I modeled I was so anxious I probably was not the best model because being in front of the camera really scared me but when I did fashion fashion shows and catwalk shows and I was around my people and I yeah we had a community it was like oh okay we're all just people we're just normal people and I think the thing the negative things that happened were more like in high school or in relationships and things like that actually not so much like on this this stage that you would assume would be really bitchy and catty and competitive and I really didn't it it was cool it broke down some of those lies actually that is so surprising yeah because I would have thought that would have done the opposite for your body image (laughs) yeah and I know that it can be more cutthroat and I still had negative experiences overseas when I modeled where people were saying yeah that we weren't fitting into clothes that they wanted us to and but I think what I what I learned is that my perception was what mattered so I I got really skinny at one point and I still thought that I wasn't skinny enough and then I looked back years later and I'd put you know put on weight and was probably a lot healthier but I thought I looked back I looked at photos of when I thought I was fat and I was so skinny and that made me realize how crazy I was and so that I realized it was all in my head and that it was relative. And so I started to break down those things that would constantly say that I wasn't good enough. And I started to go, you know what? I'm me, I'm here. And I want to be, and I started to pursue health rather than like internal health and nutrition and taking care of myself rather than just having the exterior look a certain way and then all my value be placed on that. That's the key. The key is in particular when you're looking after your body is coming at it from a place of like nourishing your body and moving your body out of respect. But that's a really hard place to get to because a lot of people will use exercise and diet as a way to punish themselves because they hate the way that they look. That really doesn't get you anywhere. I mean, it might get you like to lose a few kilos, but generally from my experience, those kinds of people, because they have tied up their the diets and the exercise with this self-punishment, then what ends up happening is they go into a cycle of putting weight back on and binging as a way of self-punishment and self-hatred again. And then the cycle starts again and it's just vicious. Like it's how do you get out of that? And you brought up about becoming a mum. And I have to say for me, that was the game changer too. And I believe it's because, I mean, in my circumstance, for me, becoming a mum took the focus off of myself. I stopped worrying about myself. Like I wasn't the centre of my universe. I had this kid now and I was like, okay, like his health and his life takes priority in a way over mine 
And I also felt incredibly proud of the fact that I had grown this child and given birth to this kid as well. And I think you just get respect for yourself because it's just the most unreal experience. Like you would totally agree with that, I'm sure. But still in saying that, I don't think you need to have a kid to get to a place where you love yourself. And I also don't think that that should be our end goal either, because loving yourself can be quite difficult. Like loving your physical body can be hard. And I don't think we need to love it, but we definitely need to come to peace with it and accept it for what it is and stop trying to change what we can't change. I would agree. And I think when I started to realize that no matter how much I tried to make my body look a different way, it was just how it was in some ways, some areas I was never going to be able to enhance it without, you know, plastic surgery or what have you. So I started to just fight those battles and and fail and then realize that actually, okay, maybe I should change my plan, my tactic. So I started to look at it as what are my strengths and focus on like, okay, I have, for me, I really like that I have a small waist and I have like wider hips. So I have that curve. And so I started to accentuate that or focus more on making my body look beautiful for what it is and how it is rather than looking at other women or what I perceived as what men would want and then trying to be that, which is always going to change with trend and fashion anyway. I think we were talking about that the other day. So, you know, as time goes on, you realize, well, it's going to change anyway. So that's tiring. I'm not going to change. So I should just try and be the best version of me. And it's just like a penny just drops at some point where you go, you know what, I've got, I've got things. What have I got? What am I good at? And people are going to be attracted to me, you know, being me because we're all different. So think that wisdom I would have loved for someone to help me and teach me that when I was younger because we are all beautiful in our own way and I think it's just like how how soon can we realize that yeah it's so funny you just think like where do body trends even start like who decides what is attractive for a decade you know like at the moment like we're pretty I mean, I'm quite happy with the fact that there's more diversity in what is seen as being attractive. I think like whether you like love them or hate them, the Kardashians kind of brought that in where like having more curves became really attractive. And I think they've probably always been attractive to men, but for women it was seen as like, no, it was smaller the better. In saying that, I still think smaller the better is the loudest voice that's spoken like it's still in women's heads but like you know you think about like back in the day the bigger you were that was the like the more attractive you were because it meant that you were wealthy and you were really healthy and then you know in the 90s it was like heroin chic and it was like get as skinny as possible and if you're constantly following the trends like you can't be all of those at once exactly like you were saying you just need to like come to peace with what you've got and make the most of it I think like for me as well I have a bit of a rebellious streak in me and something really annoys me when someone tells me what I need to do (laughs) but also like what I should look like that annoys me especially as I've gotten older and I'm more confident in myself like I don't feel the need anymore to fit into what society tells me is attractive and I, I mean to a degree right so I still like love fashion I still do follow trends I suppose to a degree but I definitely do not feel the pressure to look 
in, in particular, like a certain body shape, like getting a certain body shape in order to be deemed as attractive. Because what I've learned is that whoever's going to like me, like male or female, is going to be attracted to me because they're attracted to me. And I'm going to work with that. And if you're not attracted to me, that's great. There's other people that you'd be attracted to and I'm just not your person. And that's cool. Like I don't need to be that to everyone. And that doesn't diminish my value. It doesn't mean that I'm less of a person. It just means you're not into me and I'm probably not into you. So it's all good. <laughs> You've got your, like your flavor, you know, the kind of person you're into and you're naturally attracted to like, but then, you know, there's just the superhuman people that are just incredibly beautiful that I would say 99% of the population would think are attractive and they're just, I mean, good on them. <laughs> That's just, they're just like genetically blessed. Majority of us are not those people. But those people are usually the ones that have massive Instagram accounts and the people that we're following <laughs> and yeah. we're comparing ourselves to. And that's yeah. where the issue comes in. Yeah, it's, um, I think what is also really important is to diversify the images that you, you look at, especially when it comes to bodies and different types of body shapes, skin colours, and even just like what people are into, like, it's really easy on social media to follow one type of person and you can get sucked into this like little world that you create for yourself, which tells you that this is the kind of person, like this female, this body shape is the ideal and that's goals. Um, when that's not reality, like we don't know, she might look like that, but most of the time they really don't look like that. Even, I mean, I don't know how you feel about filters, but I love a filter. But I also have this, I'm so torn, like I like using them, but then I feel like, wow, I don't actually look like that in real life. And I feel like there's a responsibility for me to show up as being authentic. And I do question that because I'm like, how am I being authentic when I'm pretending I look 10 times better than what I actually do look like in real life? <laughs> like I actually look so much better with a filter, but we all do. Like, so why do I do that? You know? makes you question it well I've asked myself this question because I just think it's super fun like for me I don't want to give the wrong idea but I also just as a as a creative like I'll be a Disney princess for a day for sure I love that imagination I love the like yeah I've just got, got a nose job and some lip filler in this filter and I think that's hilarious and amazing I guess maybe diversity in my which filters I use so not always using them and also I intentionally, you know, put photos up without makeup on it as well. So that it's not always like done up. I'm not always a, like yes. trying to be a 10 out of 10, my version of that um, and give this idea that I look beautiful all the time or what have you. So I think for me, that's my guidebook of like, I want people to know that I'm also just real and I don't need to look the best that I can look all the time so that helps me justify personally in my life why I feel comfortable with the fun of a filter I think it's really fun honestly and it's hilarious how how, how they differ and change and oh it's unreal <laughs> it's unreal and like yeah I, I mean I'm not throwing shade at anyone that uses them I use them and I think we use them for different reasons like what you said it's similar to makeup it's when people are like where do you wear makeup like makeup is fun and it's a creative yeah. outlet for a lot of people it's not necessarily about wanting to change your appearance. It's so fun. And so it really comes down to, I guess, your intentions behind it all. But, yeah, I don't think there's, like, one hard and fast rule. Same with, like, 
you know, fillers, Botox. I think like whatever floats your boat. It's just what, it's just why, like what is your why behind it? All right, so if we were to give like our three tips to people to help them improve their body image, what would yours be? What would be your top three tips? My top three tips would be one, to learn what's unique about you. I would learn what I loved about myself first and looked at some positives. I would look at my shape and what colors complement my my complexion and my body and I would find clothes that I felt good in so that would be my first step and my second step would be to speak only positively around my body so that's I do that so if I even have a negative thought about an aspect of myself I will switch it around and I will change that into a positive because I think our words and our beliefs are so powerful and I don't think it helps us improving our health and our fitness and our self-image by speaking negatively I think that that's kind of a law of the universe so I only speak positively and I encourage my friends when they speak ill of themselves to not to because I think it's really powerful just the way that we wouldn't want to speak ill of ourselves in front of our children or have our children speak ill of their bodies so I think we need to treat ourselves with that same level of respect and I think words and beliefs are really powerful so first yeah so first would be find what you love second would be really focus on that and even if you don't believe it say it until you do because I think it changed it's very powerful and it will change you your belief and the way that you view yourself and then my third tip would just be to take a holistic approach and not to divorce your body from its function and its beauty as this very complex, very brilliant mechanism that, you know, has so many faculties and is capable of so much, like we said, with bearing children. And um, there's so many beautiful things about the body, even the, if the pleasure and the experience of eating and, and hugs and warmth and touch. And just for me, taking a step back and looking at the body and my image as this beautiful array of complexity and so I would say that like realistically you know you're always going to want to improve yourself potentially if you're striving for you know being better but and so I liked how you said being at peace with it so being at peace but still looking to improve I think is completely fine and great but I think you need to just really accept where you're at and that can yeah taking a holistic approach and treating yourself with care the way that you would treat someone else I think that will serve you really well and I I just remember one time I when I would constantly feel like I wanted to be different how I was but I really really loved food and would sometimes you know eat really food that I knew wasn't helping me reach that goal and I just was like kind of looked at things holistically and just took a step back and was like well am I willing to stop eating that food that frequently am I willing to go to the gym to achieve that physical image that I'm pursuing because I can't have it all and so I just feel like again holistic and just being realistic and not just thinking I want to be skinny I don't want to eat what I want and I don't really want to work out and this and that and so just just really look more at function and more at the science and nutrition and just re you know researching and looking into just all of the amazing complexities that our bodies actually are capable of and actually that there's so much more than just our outside physique it's like 
life is more than what we look like. And it's like we can all go like, duh, but sometimes we need a reminder of that. Like it's not all about looking a certain way. It's like what you were saying. It's like enjoying your life. If there's certain foods that you like to eat, but you're going to be like depriving yourself for the rest of your life because you want to look a certain way and you can't eat those foods. Like what is the point in that? Like that's so sad. So getting that balance, but also then understanding that you don't want to go the other end where you're just like, well, I'm going to eat whatever and I'm going to, you know, enjoy my life because you need to respect your body because it's also about longevity, right? Like you want to exercise, you want to look after this vessel you've been given that's going to carry you through life for as long as you possibly can. So you can do things like you can live your life and you can't, if you don't eat properly. And if you don't use your body, like, but it's that balance, it's not going extreme on either ends. That can be quite hard. All right. So my three tips would be, yeah. So my first one is to find value outside of your appearance. I think that was key for me in my experience not placing all of my value on what I looked like and feeling like I guess I had to please other people. I think we didn't really touch on that, but that's a big one for women in particular, like looking a certain way to please other people. And generally that's to please men or even to please other women as well. So just being okay with the way that you look, but then also really valuing the kind of person that you are and what you can bring to the world. Like, you know, what your talents are. Like, are you, like you, are you really artistic and can paint really well? Do you make people laugh? Do you, I don't know, whatever you do, just harness that and make the most of it. My second thing is to expose yourself to diversity when it comes, and this, I guess, is more so related to probably Instagram and social media, Like don't just follow white, blonde, skinny women. And that's not a dig at white, blonde, skinny women. But if you are not white, blonde, skinny, or if you are, like that's not going to do you any good just looking at that one kind of physique and body. Really like diversify and get people in your feed that inspire you for different reasons than just the way that they look. I know that Instagram's a visual platform. And so like, and we all do like to look at people that are attractive. We can't help it. But there needs to be other things in there that inspire you. Um, I always think about the women that inspire me, especially, you know, for my business when it comes to fitness. And I don't think they would be quote unquote like a attractive in the sense that's the reason they have a following or that's the reason they've got an Instagram account it's usually like their ambition their strength their intelligence there's so many other aspects of them that inspire me to be a better person that aren't just focused on the way that they look then my third tip would be to and this one's going to sound a little bit weird but I think there's so much power in this and that is to repeat affirmations to yourself in the mirror and repeat, you know, focus on something you don't like. If you don't like, for example, your nose, tell yourself you like your nose and it's going to feel really weird and uncomfortable, but do it and just repeat that to yourself over and over every morning. Say it three times. I like my nose. I like my nose. I like my nose. And it'll get easier each time you do it. Sometimes like we have to, force ourselves to believe something and by that I mean you need to speak it into existence before it can exist 
where if we just allow ourselves to feel a certain way about our body but don't challenge that, then we're just going to continue to have that belief. So really challenging that. And then you can take it a step further and take your clothes off and do it. <laughs> but it's like a really powerful act, like a thing to do and it, it works. But you need to be consistent, do it every day. And when you're doing it, don't feel like you need to believe what you're saying. Just say what you want to believe. Um, so they are my three tips. Thank you so much, Ash. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. It has been so fun. It was a great conversation. Uh, hopefully we can get you on for another podcast. Yeah, I'd love to. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. That is a wrap, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, please share this with a friend, uh, rate and review, and make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified of new episodes that I have dropping. I hope you all have an incredible day and I will be back in your ears soon. Big love, Coach Tash. Mm-hmm.